Deuteronomy 34, verses 5 through 12 is our opening text on the screen. So Moses, the servant of Yahweh, died there in the land of Moab, according to Yahweh's word. He buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no man knows where his tomb is to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his strength gone. Children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the days of weeping in the morning for Moses were ended. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. I want you to focus on verse 9. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. The children of Israel listened to him and did as Yahweh commanded Moses. Since then, there has not arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom Yahweh knew face to face, and all the signs and the wonders which Yahweh sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and in all the mighty hand and in all the awesome deeds which Moses did in the sight of all Israel. May Yahweh bless his word to all of our hearts today. Father, give me strength to teach this lesson. You've probably heard me talk about how that the chapter and verse divisions in the Bible were added later to the text that we have. I think Brother TJ taught on that in one of his Isaiah sermons recently. I'm not totally against the chapter and verse divisions in the Bible. I don't think they're sinful. I don't always think they're in the right place, but I don't think they're sinful or anything like that. But oftentimes we miss an important thought because we stop at a paragraph break in the Bible in English or sometimes we stop at a chapter break and the thought continues. Sometimes the paragraph break, the thought continues, and we think it ends because a new heading comes up in our English Bible. Sometimes the thought continues past the chapter and we think it ends because the chapter ends in our English Bible. In the case here, though, a thought continues not from one paragraph to the next or chapter to the next. A thought continues from one book to the next. The book of Joshua moves right in from Deuteronomy 34, but we stop reading at the end of Deuteronomy, and we think Joshua may have come months or years later, but if you read it, it actually comes directly after Deuteronomy, because in Joshua 1 verse 1 it says, After the death of Moses, Yahweh's servant, Yahweh spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses, saying, and we're not told particularly how long after the death of Moses that Yahweh spoke this next part to Joshua. I think, though, we can safely assume it was soon because Joshua filled Moses' shoes. He filled leadership shoes. The leader of Israel, the holy man in Israel, had died. And Yahweh chose Yehoshua, the son of Nun, to take over Prophet Moshe's place. And this was signified in the laying on of hands. Laying on of hands didn't come about with the Pentecostal movement. Laying on of hands exists back here in the Torah. Moshe laid his hands on Yehoshua, Moses, and Joshua and inferred some of his spirit upon him. Let's read Joshua 1, 2 through 8 to see what Yahweh tells Joshua after the death of Moses. This is what he says after Moses died. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go across this Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I am giving to them even to the children of Israel. I have given you every place that the sole of your feet will tread on, as I told Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your border. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. I want you to focus on 7 and 8 here. Only be strong and very courageous and be careful to observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. So Yahweh encourages Joshua and he says, I'm going to be with you. But in verse 7, Yahweh tells him, you've got to be careful to observe, to do according to all the law of Moses, my servant, that he commanded you. Now, I often refer to Yahweh's law as the law of Moses or Moshe. I do this because it is the scriptural way to speak of the law. But here in verse 7, we see this laid out by none other than Yahweh. Yahweh says, the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Yahweh is gracious to use people as his servants in doing his work. Yahweh could do everything all by himself if he wanted to. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. But thankfully, he's gracious and he uses us. He used Moses to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, Yahweh could have just zapped picked up the Israelites out of Egypt, set them down in Canaan land, and wiped all the Canaanites out by the snap of his finger. But he didn't do that. Not the method he chose. He did it slowly. It was done through his servant Moses, a man appointed for the spiritual task. Yahweh made a great name for himself with all the plagues. A big part of how Yahweh used Moses was in giving the law. Now, if you read Exodus chapters 19 all the way through 34, we read several things about prophet Moshe. He was the man Yahweh chose to be close to him when, he, when Yahweh spoke the Ten Commandments and the statutes and the judgments. Not just close in relationship, but close in proximity. Moses also went up on top of the mountain of Elohim by himself. He entered a thick cloud and he remained with Yahweh for 40 days and 40 nights. He communed with Yahweh. He didn't eat or drink while he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Yahweh handed to him two stones that were inscribed with Yahweh's finger. And when Moshe walked down the mountain back to where the Israelites were, he was carrying these two stones as Yahweh's representative. Moses was a visible representation of Yahweh to the people of Israel. So much so that Yahweh shared some of his glory with prophet Moshe and made his face to shine when he would speak to the Israelites. And then he would go back, speak to Yahweh, get recharged and come back. And it was a visible representation of Elohim. This is why Yahweh saw it fit to describe his law as the law of Moses all through Scripture. Yahweh himself refers to this in Joshua 1 verse 7. Now, in Deuteronomy 34, 9, it says Moses laid his hands on Joshua. He conferred his authority over to Joshua. In Joshua 1, Yahweh tells Joshua, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. And Yahweh says, but you've got to be careful to do the law of Moses that he commanded you can't turn from it to the right or to the left if you want to have good success. And whatever you do, you've got to stay on the straight path. So the keeping of the law of Moses is the key to Joshua's being successful in life. What does that phrase mean? Don't turn from the right to the left. 
What does that make you think of? It makes me think of a straight path. I'm walking the straight path, and to veer off it either to the right makes me go off course, veer off it to the left makes me go off course. He says just stay on the straight path. Several times in the Bible it says this. In Proverbs 3, verse 6, we've memorized it. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. That's how I memorized it. It's KJV. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But literally, it mean, it reads, he will make your path straight from the Hebrew. Proverbs 4, verse 11 says this. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in straight paths. And there's other verses in the Bible as well. But they all go back to this word from Yahweh. Not to turn to the right or to the left. Yahweh speaks this in a few places in the book of Deuteronomy as well. Stay on the straight path. Don't go to the right or to the left. Then in Joshua 1 verse 8, Yahweh tells Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. The point here is to speak it, repeat it, memorize it, and think about it. How often? Both day and and night. That covers it, doesn't it? Both day and night. Psalm chapter 1. I was reminded of this psalm where we read that the righteous man's delight is in the law of Yahweh, and in that law doth he meditate, think about both day and night. When you want to figure something out, how do you start? You start by thinking about it. You might write it down, but it starts with a thought. The more you think about it and you put it to practice, you learn how to do it. This verse here tells us in Joshua. That this is the way he would learn to do all that is written. And then he would prosper and have good success. Now somebody may say, well that's only for Joshua. Only for Joshua. But that's incorrect. To think that Yahweh's only talking to Joshua here. He is, but he's not just meaning it for Joshua. Joshua's given these instructions because he's an elder or a leader in the community. So the context is he's taken the place of Moses. And just as Moses led the community, Joshua will lead the community. This is why Yahweh gives him the instruction personally. He's the leader. Most of the time, the community is going to follow in the paths of the leader. If it's a good leader, they'll follow in the paths of the leader. The second reason I know that this is not just meant for Joshua is in Joshua 23, 2 through 6. It says, Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders and for their heads, and for their judges and for their officers, and said to them, notice, all Israel, elders, heads, judges, officers. He says, I'm old, well advanced in years. You have seen all that Yahweh your mighty one has done to all these nations because of you. For it is Yahweh your mighty one who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off, even to the great sea toward the going down of the sun. Yahweh your mighty one will thrust them out from before you and drive them out from your sight. You shall possess their land as Yahweh your mighty one spoke to you. And then he tells all Israel, Therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that you do not turn away from it to the right hand or to the left. I believe that Joshua loved Yahweh. And obeyed his instructions. He obeyed them so well that in Joshua 24 verse 31. We read that Israel served Yahweh all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. And had known all the work of Yahweh. That he had worked for Israel. True worship existed. Because Israel's leader Joshua focused on the law of Moses. 
He didn't forget the man of Elohim that had died that Yahweh had entrusted his truths with. He focused on that law. He had success and the community had true worship all of his days. I believe that if you serve Yahweh today, if you serve Yahweh, it's conditional. It's not promised to everybody. But everybody that serves Yahweh and does not let the law depart from your mouth and you think on it day and night and you put it to practice and you don't turn to, from it from the, to the right hand or to the left, you'll have the exact same success that Joshua had. You'll have the exact same success that the community of Israel had if you follow and do the things that Joshua and the community did. Now, these instructions hold true if we fast forward here about 300 years approximately to the death of King David. So we see it in Moses, we see it in Joshua 300 years in advance. We see this with King David. 1 Kings 2, 1 through 4, it says, Now the days of David came near that he should die. And he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I am going the way of all the earth. You be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. And keep the instruction of Yahweh your mighty one to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies according to that which is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn yourself. Then Yahweh may establish his word which he spoke concerning me saying if your children are careful of their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul there shall not fail you he said a man on the throne of Israel. Do you see the similarities between 1 Kings 2 and what David said with what Yahweh told Joshua and with what Joshua told the Israelites. David's on his deathbed and he tells him, be strong and get up like a man. Or some Bibles say, be brave. Same as Joshua 1, 6-7. But how? How do you be strong and brave? He tells Solomon, make sure you obligate yourself to Yahweh by keeping the commandments. And then David says, it's written in the law of Moses. And if you do it, you'll have success in everything that you do. What would you tell your child if you were on your deathbed? The right thing to tell him would be exactly what King David told Solomon. We read all kind of historical accounts in the Bible. We read of good men. We read of bad men. We read of things that happened in the nation of Israel. But it all goes back to when Israel falls, when the people fall, when they start doing wrong, it always, every time, without exception, a prophet always comes and says, you've got to get back to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded Every time. That's why we get in the mess that we're in. We've all like sheep gone astray. We've all followed our own path. Why? Because we want to do what we want to do. If you're off to the right, we're off to the left. What does Yahweh tell us? Well, He tells us to repent, believe in the Messiah. Our sins can be forgiven. But then after that, what do we do? We turn back to the law. We keep the commandments. Let's move from here to 2 Kings 22 through 23. In the days of the most righteous king in the house of Judah, Josiah. We're told at the beginning of chapter 22 that Josiah did what was right in Yahweh's sight. And then it says he walked in the ways of his father David and he didn't turn away to the right hand or to the left. Does that sound familiar? It should. Joshua 1. 2 Kings 1. Joshua 23. In 2 Kings 22, 8-13, it says that Hilkiah, the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I found the book of the law in Yahweh's house. Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan and he read it. Shaphan the scribe came to the king, brought the king word again and said, Your servants had emptied out the money 
that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hands of the workmen who have the oversight of Yahweh's house. Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has delivered a book to me. And then Shaphan read it before the king. And when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, he ripped his clothes. If you see in the Bible when a man would rip his clothes, it was often a sign of distress. Somebody in his family, one of his children had died, like with Jacob Israel, when he thought Joseph had been killed by a wild animal. Here the king tore his clothes. Why? Verse 12, the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Akbor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of Yahweh for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is Yahweh's wrath that is kindled against us because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book to do according to all which is written concerning us. King Josiah recognized that the nation was in trouble when he heard the words of the book of the law. It could have just been the book of Deuteronomy. It may have been a book that contained all the particular laws in the, in the Pentateuch. But the king was so upset that he ripped his clothes. He tore his clothes. And a king doesn't wear nasty clothes. A king wears nice clothes. But he didn't care. And he ripped them. Today, many preachers dress in fine suits. And they get upset if they tear them while they preach. And while they preach, they tell you you don't have to worry about the law of Moses. King Josiah heard the word of the law. He ripped his clothes because he knew he should have been worried about the law of Moses. We've gone a long way. Now we went from Moses to Joshua to David to Solomon. And now to Josiah. Hundreds of more years in the future and the message is still the same. Get back to the law. Get back to the law. In 2 Kings 23, I would encourage you to read it because Josiah flip-flops everything. He gets rid of all the pagan practice. He has covenant renewal. There's revival in the land. And in verse 25 of that chapter, we read, There had never been a king like him before who served Yahweh with all his heart, mind, and strength, obeying all the law of Moses. Nor has there been a king like him since. This verse teaches us that the way that a person turns to Yahweh, notice he served Yahweh by obeying the law of Moses. The way you turn to Yahweh is by turning back to the law of Moses, the law Yahweh gave through prophet Moses. When a man and a woman get married, they generally speak vows to each other. That's generally how it's done. And whether or not those vows are spoken, those vows should be understood because when we get married, we're covenanting with us men are coveting with our wife to serve our wife and the wife is coveting, covenanting with her husband to serve her husband. We make an agreement to love one another, to cherish one another, to serve each other. And most of the time the vows, I've done several weddings now, I've lost count, but most of the time the vows say something like, I promise to love you and then they'll say something like, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. And a lot of people say those words and they're just empty words because they don't mean anything to them. But when you make a vow, you've got to mean what you say and say what you mean. And if you say, tell somebody for better or for worse, you need to mean for better or for worse. In sickness and in health, you need to mean in sickness and in health. Till death do us part, you need to mean till death do us part. It's two people covenanting, covenanting with each other to serve each other, the husband towards his wife, the wife towards his husband. Now, I'm getting to a point here. That ties up with my sermon. As the couple, the young couple, as they get married, as they grow together, many things happen. 
The hair gets white. The skin gets wrinkles. We don't stay spring chickens forever. I'm coming up on 24 years married soon. And me and Tisha were looking at a picture of us when we were 16. And I told her, I said, we don't look like that anymore. <laughs> and it's the way of all the earth. It's just how it happens. But the couple work together. They move. They have children. They work around the house and the land. They garden. They vacation. They do all sorts of things together. But ultimately, what matters the most in that marriage is the vows that they made at the beginning of the marriage. No matter what goes on 20, 30 years later, what's most important? Harking back to the vows. Harking back to the vows. Harking back to the covenant commitment. Harking back to when you made a promise. And that's how it is in the Bible. The Bible in its entirety is beneficial to us in every walk of life. And we can learn things by going to 1 Timothy. We can learn things in 2 Peter. You can learn something in the one little bitty chapter of the book of Jude. And that's all good and that's all well. But ultimately, what we're to do and how we're to live, it all goes back to the commandments that Yahweh gave through His servant Moses. It all goes back to that. When you read Jude or 2 Peter or 1 Timothy, you're not going to find anything that's contrary to the law that Yahweh gave through prophet Moses. They're just telling you, go back. Go back to the instructions. Go back to the commandments. Get back to the basics. Just like the husband and wife harking back to the vows. And they keep pressing on they keep doing right. We need to get back to the law. Every time you see somebody rebel in the scriptures, if you read the context, there is something in the context that says you need to get back to obeying Yahweh. You need to get back to the law. Every time. So as I close today, we need to be careful to do what Yahweh has told us to do. That word given to Joshua is the same given to us today. We don't need to let it depart from our mouth or else we'll start to forget it. Just like we don't need to quit telling our wife, I love you, or else we'll start to forget it. We don't need to quit telling people, I appreciate you, or else we'll start to forget it. The same applies to Yahweh. We can't quit, quit repeating His law. Sometimes we come to Sukkot and I think, alright, we're going to read Deuteronomy again. And again, and again, but it's because we repeat, we remind, we stir up our minds by way of reminder, and then I always see something different and new. It's always been there, but I just didn't see it the last year when we read through it. We've got to get back to the law. We've got to think on it day and night. I'm not saying you can't think about other things. There's room for entertainment. There's room for enjoyment in life. Yahweh gives us liberties and privileges. That's all fine and dandy as long as we stay in the confines of His law. <laughs> we can't get outside of the confines of His law. That way we'll have good success and we'll prosper. So I'm going to pick this back up next week and I'm going to develop it a little bit more. This, this message and the next message are introductory sermons for what I'm going to get to. And I, It's too much to get to all in one sermon but I'll pick it back up next week. As I close today, I've, I've put together a little song for the children. Uh, I came up with this song from Joshua 1 earlier this week when I was meditating on the scriptures. And it's basically what Joshua 1, 7 and 8 says. But we learn things a lot easier a lot of times in song. So 
all you guys know we sing many songs in this congregation that are straight from the scriptures and I could tell you the first line of the song and you could sing that song and you're quoting the scriptures and the children are quoting the scriptures and they know that because we've sung it so much here at the congregation and they memorize scripture without even realizing hey I memorized scripture so I'm going to be closing my next several sermons with this song and we'll learn this song you need to teach it to your children I think it's beautiful it's a small little child song but it's for all of us as well it's for me at 40 it's for brother Jerry at 61 for brother William at 22 <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah it goes like this okay it goes like this this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall think on it day and night. Be careful to do what Yah tells you to do so that you will have good success. Oh, man. Yahweh, I love you. Oh, Father. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. But stay on the narrow path. Be careful to do what Yah tells you to do so that you will have good success. One more time from the top. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall think on it day and night. Be careful to do what Yah tells you to do so that you will have good success. Don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left, but stay on the narrow path. Be careful to do what Yah tells you to do so that you will have good success. Start them children singing that as soon as they can talk. <laughs> as soon as they can talk. And that's Joshua 1, 7 through 8. Hallelujah. I appreciate everybody and I love you. There's many more sermons to come on this. May Yahweh lead and guide you in His truths.